Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What's up, everyone? And welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Andrew, the founder of Forest Studio, here to talk about their new game known as The Company Man. Thanks for joining. Hi, Josh. So glad to be here. Really love your show. Uh, love meeting you. This is our first ever uh, live interview. Hey, not live interview. Uh, first ever interview. Yeah, it's the, our first ever interview that's not written. So really excited uh, to see what questions you have for us to talk about our game and something that we've been working really hard on uh, for the past three years. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited um, because the game looks like a blast. Like, honestly, just looking at it, it seems like my kind of jam. Um, but before we get into the game, one of the things that I always love to do here is really get to know the people behind the games first. Why don't you tell me a little bit, Andrew, about just kind of how how you started creating games, how you got into the industry? OK, um, this is a really old story that I don't even think my team knows. But when I was really young, <laughs> I, uh, I, I saw Pokemon and I really loved the game, but I couldn't afford to buy uh, a Game Boy at that time, right? So I would just like sit over okay. uh, my friend's shoulders, watch them play. And then uh, I, would, I would take this little book and then I would make my own version of uh, a Pokemon uh, ripoff. But I wrote it down or like on paper and then like at the back of the paper, it would reveal like an item or a Pokemon hiding under the bushes, you know. And, and then I actually sold that uh, to one of my friends in school. And uh, I think about 10 years later, I went back to the school and some kid was running around with it. And I was like really shocked. I, well, the time, time has been skewed for me. So I, I might have gotten the date wrong, but that was right. years later. And uh, I think that was my first ever uh, experience creating something that someone else saw value in and, and it was passed around the school. And uh, that left such an impression on, on me that, um, it, it, you know, video games is really about bringing people together and uh, having right. that, that experience, that imagination that really connects us as human beings. Yeah, so that's, that's how I got started. Yeah. Wow, I I love that story. I don't know. That's I don't know how old you want to go with the story. So if you want, I can skip ahead uh, right before I started this studio. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's. Yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, Forest Studio and kind of how that started. Okay, so um, I I actually don't have a video game design background. I was in business school, right? So I remember playing mm-hmm. Bastion and just thinking like, wow, video game uh, Bastion by Supergiant Games. Uh, the yep, game. Yep. Uh, they, just the way they made it uh, so accessible with the storytelling, uh, the visuals, the artwork, 
uh, I felt it was like the highest form of storytelling and art, right? Which we always say like art is storytelling. And um, right. it, it required excellence in sound design, required excellence in game design, required excellence in visuals, it required excellence in uh, animation, all these things coming together just right. Uh, and yeah. Moments of silence, everything was curated uh, for an emotion. And when I, when I played that game, it just I just told myself, I was like, wow, this, I think, uh, this is how storytelling should be with uh, 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 it, it really just left left me with this feeling like I, I need to create something just like this and then I was in business school which was a complete contrast right uh, like yeah. you, gotta, you gotta make sure uh, in fact I, I tried my hand at uh, accounting and finance I also tried, uh, studied uh, marketing as well but uh, my work was very repetitive and uh, required like very uh, precision uh, and mastery of Excel sheets. Right? So uh, uh, during that period as well, I, I love watching this show called The Office and The Office spoof Office Culture, yeah. right? So this is where I got the concept of the company man from. I thought, wow, wouldn't that be great if uh, I, could, I could just showcase the struggles of uh, climbing the corporate ladder and I, I could see so many jokes, um, uh, that, so many ways I could, could play on those jokes, so many characters. And, and then I started working and I found out those characters were real. You know, <laughs> you know there's like people actually farting in the office, cutting their fingernails next to you, you know, talking too loud or blasting their headphones till the whole office can hear you. There's yeah. like so many characters that, um, that were real. And I was like, wow. I think this really could work. So um, that, that, that just gave me, I, I felt like the idea could really connect with anyone because anyone who played uh, a, a video game and worked in the office can understand that you really have to work uh, hard, uh, get experience, gain some skill points, then try to go up, uh, then you move a long mm -hmm. way. It's real, a really uh, relatable idea. You can get it straight away. And then... Uh, the, yeah. the big thing that changed for me was when I, when I uh, one of the jobs that I got was actually at a video game studio here in Malaysia, right? And uh, this video game studio uh, was trying to get into their own IP, but at the same time, they were primarily an outsourcing studio, right? So what it means is AAA mm -hmm. titles from all over the world uh, would uh, outsource part of their production work uh, this studio is quite massive, so they handled many different points uh, of the production line. Right. And they actually gave it uh, a, a wide range of tasks, depending on which studio, uh, uh, to this outsourcing company that I was working for. And that's when it clicked. I was like, we have every, we can do everything that everyone in the world can do. You know, um, in, in Malaysia, we don't uh, have a lot of opportunity to create our own content um but the talent is here the talent is here. everyone yeah. here works so hard everyone here has a wild imagination you know uh, just like everyone else in the world we just don't have the same level of opportunities then uh yeah. i was just handling the business side of things i still had not touched game design i still had not touched artwork i was just helping the company uh navigate uh, some finance styles like uh, you know, for me, I've, I've personally written short stories. I personally uh, did some writing on the side as well. And it's always been a passion of mine. But I, 
I just really wanted to give uh, a chance to all of us, uh, at, like creatives in Malaysia, a chance to showcase just one shot. So I saved up my money. Uh, I, I convinced some family members, really frankly, to, to uh, help, help me out as well. I could not do this on my own, yeah. you know, even my wife came in to help uh, with the marketing, you know, uh, uh, whatever they could uh, help me with, they came in and helped me. I did not do this alone, right? I'm not self-made. Uh, friends and family came together. Some some people bought me meals sometimes, you know. It, it was a real struggle <laughs> to get through this far because the game des- game development is so hard, right? It, it, it like takes yeah. three years and you just have to like, um, if you're making a game like mine, you can't make, it bit by bit right even this three years right it, it usually people like just launch one part of the three years then or maybe they they design a game over 10 years then they release it all right so uh, <laughs> that's if they have experience and i came in like fresh and i tried to get people but in malaysia we don't have uh, a lot of opportunity uh, to make uh, our own game so i couldn't get someone who had a game design background before right so right. I just I just like basically got whoever could do different roles and then we we dived into the uh, the hard work of uh, trying to put uh, a game together. Uh, am I am I jumping ahead? Do you want me to just keep going or no? No, I love it. I, no, I can no, just no, tell no. you keep stories because I'm loaded. Yeah. I know. I, I this is your time. This is your time to tell me all these stories. I'm eating them up over here. Um, you know, honestly, like my next question is really about, you know, the, the studio and kind of how you created it. How many team members were part of it? Kind of like, how did you meet all of them? So you're basically touching those questions. So like, I want you to just rant and and tell me all about how this this journey has been for you. You you know, I can I can tell you. I have so many stories because I have so much pain. This process is painful, and I, I want your audience uh, to sort of know that that uh, you can start with really uh, I, other than playing video games and being a fan. I really had zero uh, understanding. I tried to watch tutorials on YouTube, uh, tried to figure out and knock my head on almost every corner in the game design process uh, to get here, right? And I, I know at right. this point there are a lot more corners ahead of me that I'm going to knock my head on, but I'm just going to uh, go as hard as I can because I really believe in the ideals of this company. I started this company for us. Uh, I played with the words for and us, right? So we're doing it mm-hmm. for us. And at the same time, uh, for us uh, mm-hmm. represents an idea uh, that I feel so deeply about. You know, you start with a seed and you end with a forest, right? It speaks to the image of uh, believe, uh, sowing a seed that's small that grows into one tree that grows into another tree and grows into another tree. Now, it sounds like a beautiful idea, but it's an incredibly difficult process that requires patience and endurance and right. hope and uh, belief in the future and maybe some... Uh, 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 like delusion, right? That that, that, <laughs> that you that the future is gonna be have enough space for these trees. But uh, this was the spirit right. of why we created this studio, a sustainable future for creatives. And that's something that gets me up in the morning and gets me pushing. When uh, sometimes I really I have to lead, but I don't know what to do. You know? 
So uh, when in that in that space, uh, how do you create? And I think that is actually the best ba- base to create, right? Because um, the bar is so low. I know. Uh, <laughs> let me just tell you, failure for me is not something that is a stranger. I am familiar. Uh, with failure, you know, even in university, I, sure. I failed. You know, in high school, I failed uh, exams and tests. Which, in our corner of the world, this is a massive uh, disgrace on your family. Uh, oh, yeah, no. but we, we we pick ourselves up and then we try again. You know, and uh, I really right. tried my best to get my whole team together and just embrace this concept, which is experimentation is progress, right? Uh, we right. want to make mistakes, but we don't want to make. Uh, we want to make different kinds of mistakes, right? We don't want to make the uh, something yeah. that we've been doing again and again, and we're still making the same mistake ten years later. But if it's ten years later yeah. and we're doing something new every day, I want to be making as many mistakes as I can, because that's where right calculated we're, mistakes. We're though. testing new ideas. We're imagining. We're uh, well, some of it, frankly, is not calculated. We just tried something new because we thought it, it might work, it might have a chance, you know. So uh, I think the right way is like control uh, failure or like control experiments, right? So experiments is probably the best mm-hmm. way I could phrase it. You try something, then you try to learn from it, then you try to reduce the factors, try to get the essence of, of learning from each experience. And this is primarily how I approach the whole process. Right? So um, this game is a manifestation of uh, ridiculous hours and days and years of trial and error. Uh, I, I, I stopped for a moment and I looked back at our first prototype and I was, I was shaken by how bad it was and how proud I was of yeah. it. It was so bad, but I was so happy when I made it, and like I just like could move right and could move move left. I was like, "Whoa, this is gonna be the best game in the world," know. you know. Uh, yeah, you're like, "We did this." <laughs> yeah, because it was so hard just to get get like uh, the code to do that and do it well, and uh, and we rebuilt the game again and again. Uh, we we showed it to other people. We found out that they were not as enthusiastic as us. <laughs> we tried again and we just did that we just kept trying again and trying again and trying again and um, I think now looking at the the product on the Steam store it's definitely something that I can get behind I know this uh, is levels above anything that uh, I could even imagine at the start my imagination was so limited at the start you know the characters mm-hmm. are so wild it makes right. sense with the gameplay uh, which was incredibly hard to do to make things make sense uh, in a world that's not real, um, and yeah. and humans are just such geniuses. You know, we we can tell things when don't feel right, and it's just one frame in the animation, and we have to hunt that frame with the whole team, and we have to figure it out, then we have to right. try it again, show it to one person, show it to ten other people, then it's like uh, see what they say, and. Um, yeah, until today, we're still experimenting. Um, but um, this is progress. Experimentation is progress. Right. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that's not going to change anytime yeah. soon. Um, let me ask you this before we, we dive into the game, though. Um, about how many members make up your team? Okay, so we have four full-time uh, working on this. 
including myself. So it's basically three people. Right? Wow. So, wow, that's that's quite an accomplishment yeah. then. Um, and then we have yeah. uh, four more people who come in at different points of the project. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's basically mm -hmm. just down to uh, three people and me. And we've just been working as hard as we can to, to bring excellence that our customers deserve. Yeah. Wow, very impressive. And and you you said it was kind of a struggle to 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 find a lot of these people because of your location and because of the the background that you were looking for. How how did you meet these individuals? Was it just you know a wild goose chase to to find individuals and just sending out as many you know uh, just ads as you could? You know, uh, well, so it, it was difficult, but at the same time, uh, it it was almost like like miraculous because I, I couldn't understand how it came together as I look back, but I just did my part in uh, making the first ask. So I sent out cold emails. Uh, I, I found all of them mm -hmm. in many different ways, by the way. So it's just three people. I, I didn't like, this is not my human resources strategy. Right. 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 Um, so my art director, I, I sent an email. I found out uh, she got back to me. She she was actually in the U.S., but she's a Malaysian, right? Uh, I I just, okay. I just sent a cold email. I, I said, "Hey, I saw your work. I think you're brilliant. Um, uh, I have I have nothing, but I have a dream. Would you be interested?" And yeah. it was crazy. She said yes. You know, so that's like lesson one. If you want to do something, don't say someone else's no. Uh, I know it's. Really, I listen to someone tell me no all the time, uh, and I, I think you just you just gotta ask them and let give them the the privilege and the honor of rejecting you, and um, and you'll be surprised how many people actually don't uh, don't say no. You know they say yes, and yeah. she she actually through a series of events decided to move her life back to Malaysia, and she worked with us ever since. That was the first one. The second one, I sent an email. She was actually uh, in Singapore, but she's Malaysian, right? Uh, she mm -hmm. just happened to be uh, looking for work. She had a bad experience at a previous company. She said, I'll come by uh, uh, for an interview tomorrow. And Singapore is our neighboring country here in Malaysia. She got in a car, got her boyfriend to drive her from Singapore uh, to, to my state, which is KL which I think that's like a six to eight hour drive. And she came all the oh, way wow. here just to meet me. And by the time she got here, I was very convinced, uh, you know, like she wanted to do this because, you know, this this process sounds uh, fun. It's it's the stuff of stories, but it is difficult and it's unforgiving. Right. Right. And uh, I, I have mm -hmm. so much respect for even the people who quit or give up because... Uh, I know how difficult it is to just keep pushing through, you know, uh, and it's yeah. not like you push through once. It's you push, you make a decision to a commitment every day. You know, that's what love is. It's like a commitment, and uh, love is a commitment, and love is a series of decisions in a direction, right? Sometimes you might falter in that in that in that direction, but uh, love leads us along the path of choosing that choice again, and. Uh, all of them had this massive love uh, to create a sustainable future for creatives. My my programmer, the third person, I met him in a school. 
uh, he was doing his student oh, project. Okay. This was two years before I started the company. I went uh, to every school uh, play test. There's a little there's a little school with a little play test program that nobody goes to because it's so <laughs> it's so tiny. It's like uh, it's a room full of like uh, uh, fifth like 15 people, I think 10 or 15 people. And uh, you can imagine uh-huh. how many games 10 or 15 people make their, their team. So probably like uh, five or three. I think their program's probably a lot bigger now. Uh, but at the right. time, it was like very little people. And I was looking at every project and I saw this guy's eyes light up when uh, he was talking about his game. Uh, uh, his name is uh, TJ. And I was like, TJ, uh, nice to meet you. We hung out. Uh, and then we met again in the future two years later, and then I I convinced him to join join me and and he he came to the company, and he's he's still with me here wow. today. He actually wrote the most of the code for the entire game. Oh wow, yeah. that's crazy! Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's awesome to hear. Stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting how how different each one of those is, and how you know the process of finding yeah. those those members is. I don't want to say such a struggle, but like it's it's you know it's it's a journey, right? Um, oh, oh. That being said, let's. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, go I'm ahead. telling you all the people who said yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Me, oh man, don't think it's going to work out for me. You know, uh, yeah, it's not really a good idea. So yeah, um, I, I just want to encourage people who are out there trying to do their own thing. Uh, uh, ex- like, uh, even if you expect the no, just ask the question and. Right. But just see what happens. Just uh, we stand the awkward yeah. silence, and maybe they might reply and say yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you never know what they're gonna say. Okay, let's dive into the actual game itself because uh, I want to talk about Company Man. And um, for those who might not know anything about it, though, let's start off with just kind of like how would you describe Company Man and what makes it special to you? Okay, so the Company Man is your opportunity to battle the corporate machine. Right, you can use your keyboard to hit your coworkers. You can shoot them with emails. You can drink coffee to survive. Uh, this game was built with love and passion. We toiled over every detail. Uh, we argued about frames. We debated uh, how sounds made us feel, and we went through the process of playing with the idea of spoofing office culture. Uh, we we love that idea because there's so much space to play. Uh, every single person who's worked knows someone, uh, remembers the people they worked with, uh, and and especially the the stories that mark our life of either good or bad experiences. And we tried to showcase the quirks of humanity in the sto- in the characters in the story, and we worked our our butts off to try to get um. <laughs> The, the gameplay mechanics to blend in with that concept. So we have people uh, in customer service whose voices uh, are worn out and they're breathing fire now, you know, because their breath stinks. <laughs> and we have coworkers that fart and if you touch them, they fart even more. Uh, we have people uh, uh, who are digging through accounts, uh, libraries, and um we have people who are shooting emails at you as well. There's so many different things that uh, details that we place into the game that we hope uh, people can just have fun exploring and enjoying and laughing and celebrating uh, life. I love it. Um, l- let me just quickly ask this because I'm I'm interested to hear. 
so your team i'm assuming is is remote probably especially in all this like pandemic so you don't most likely have this this office environment right you're also a small team so you don't get that same like department level so where did you pull that inspiration as far as like was it just you sitting down with the team and being like oh well there was this one time that i had a job where xyz happened and you just kind of rolled that into you know the the wackiness or the silliness of these moments in the game how did that uh kind of play okay. out okay okay let me just tell your audience the the truth right i'm not a genius so when i try to do something <laughs> uh sometimes it works and it's a great idea people think like it's amazing but a lot of the times uh it it's okay or maybe it's like it's not because it's something that we've got to figure out so this is where we have our core value experimentation is progress because we try again after we get it right uh and we, mm-hmm. we like um like sometimes i have an idea that's like really funny like okay let me just talk about my inspiration like the office right so one of the things right. i learned really quickly was uh why the office was so funny and connected with so many people was because it has such a uh, improvised subtle sense of humor that was so relatable and yeah. a lot of the lines were improvised and a lot of the big laughs came from the looks uh, that the characters presented now when i put it in the game uh-huh. this kind of awkward silence and situ- situational humor was very hard to execute and i learned really quickly that uh, even though i found it funny other people found it as just silence for a long period of time where they can't move their character right yeah. and uh, i realized wow actually yeah. there's a really annoying part about game design which is the player can do whatever he wants at any time right uh, so mm-hmm. i worked so hard to try to figure out how to get the essence of the joke exaggerate it but not too much where it's like okay well we did blow it out a bit uh, but at the same time mix it <laughs> with the player interaction how do we get the players uh to uh, have characters in the background sometimes respond to them in surprising ways, even if they're not enemies. Hmm. Right. So I'll give you an example. Like in one of the checkpoints, if you drink, uh, like the other, the background characters stand up and look at you and then they don't say anything because they're judging you. Mm-hmm. Then after you, you put your <laughs> coffee down, they sit down again. Right. So that, that huh. moment right uh it's something that that we hunt for and we try to create you know uh and actually um honestly we did spend a lot of time making those things and placing them all over the game no i i I love the fact that you have those little moments because i think it adds to the value of the game and i think it's something that from you know an individual standpoint they might miss it right but at the same time there's other people who are going to see that and appreciate the game on a much different level because they get those moments like you were saying from the office of like you know those 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 blips of of kind of um how do i really explain it it's it's more of like not an unexpected feeling that kind of takes you by surprise but in in a way it is um so i i I definitely can't wait to see what that looks like um I did want to jump back a little bit though, because I wanted to just talk about what the story is in this oh, game. Right. Because it it kind of seems like your character is just attacking a bunch of coworkers, and I'm like, what is this really about? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't want to give too much away because um, you know that I think I think well, I sort of underinvested uh, my time because I was so overwhelmed with the amount of work for the game design. But I ended up, my favorite part of the whole game is the story. 
for me personally, well, everyone in the studio has uh-huh. a different favorite part, but I love uh, playing with this character, Jim, right? Uh, Jim is supposed to be an everyday man, but we gave him like this backstory that's, uh, I, I don't even know how to tell you without giving it away. Uh, but I tried my okay, best okay. to make sense uh, of this guy's ambition and his drive into trying to be CEO of this company. There's a, there's a, there's a little moment in there uh, that I prepared just to, sh- to show, to give players the context and the emotion of uh, why this guy is trying to climb the corporate ladder. And I think if you see it, you'll, you'll understand what I mean. Yeah, so that's that's my really long non-answer. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just trying to climb the corporate ladder. He's trying to be CEO. It's his lifelong dream. Why? you got to play the game to find out. Okay, all right. I like it. Okay, so let's let's dive then into uh, more about like mechanics and, and things about the game. As far as um, personally, I, I'm a big 2D platformer fan. Um, but when it comes to Company Man, I, I think that you you probably pulled from you know a, a good amount of inspiration from different 2D platformers that are out there, right? A lot of people you know pull inspiration from other places. What was what was the big inspiration from your team as far as you know? 2d games go or you know maybe even other games or other forms of media you mentioned the office right you know what was the the other things that really inspired and helped shape uh the company man right so um uh, you know i I really want to help your audience because i think there might be someone out there that's listening to this that's just like me that maybe is like on the edge and thinking about uh, uh starting their own video game or maybe uh, working for a video game company that's like really small just like us and the process is mm-hmm. um, yeah it's 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 really a, a ton of work and uh, as for in the context of our team okay I'll just say that uh, we right. really had minimal uh, experience and interaction with with making games especially commercial games because in Malaysia uh, there's I, I could probably name like the the like top 10 uh, off the top of my head uh, but uh, not top 10, the only uh-huh. 10 sorry uh, studio right, right, right they're right. not that big they're probably about my size right uh, the rest are probably like there's like two other big outsourcing studios but that's it that's all the opportunity that's here right so um, everything was trial and error and we we referred to uh, honestly, uh, other games that we thought were just pinnacles of excellence, which was probably a mistake because, well, I don't know whether it's a mistake because our team was so small, we had to like try to replicate that with so little experience. But uh, I'm so proud of my team because they didn't give up and they just kept trying until we got uh, we got it right. And uh, I can tell right. you the games right now, uh, off the top of my head, we, we grew up with Mega Man, everyone in this corner of the world. Uh, we'll probably have has played Mega Man and uh, shared experiences of playing Mega Man. Um, we we yeah. played Hollow Knight, um, and Hollow Knight was where uh, a lot of us in our team fell in love with positioning based combat with like really simple controls but really precise timing, and we really tried to mm-hmm. get that right. And which turned out to be really hard to do. There was so much work just to make things that simple. So the game mechanics of the game, uh, of, of the company man are um, really built around trying to get a level of precision with the animation. Uh, you have very simple controls. You can slash, you can shoot, 
emails. You have a variety of emails that you can use. Uh, you can send emails with choice words and hurt people bit by bit, or you can have a very passive aggressive tone to your emails and throw them uh, like a boomerang and they come back uh, hurting people on the way back. And uh, these are the mechanics you can play with, but it's very easy to understand and everyone can jump in. But uh, it also has uh, levels of precision that if people who really want uh, perfect timing with the animation, uh, we really try our best to move every collision box with the animation and resize it frame by frame so that you get that feeling of, uh, ah, I just hit him just at that corner. And that's that's what we Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I, so I love the fact that you brought up Mega Man because looking at this game, I definitely get a lot of those vibes. And it's one of those things where, especially with the abilities, so just to, to go off uh, on, on one of the things that I love is I think the laser beam, the email laser beam, is one of my favorite parts about this game. Just seeing that thing get shot out like a Kamehameha wave looks so ridiculous. Um, I love it. But tell me a little bit about those abilities. You know, you, you mentioned a couple of them. Is this something where, you know, like a Mega Man, you are uh, defeating a boss and then you get a new ability? Is this something where you have all of your abilities at the start, but it's up to you to become more proficient? You know, what does that form of progression right, look like? I can, uh, well, I, I can just, uh, the progression for a game is, is linear, right? You start at level zero, mm -hmm. then you end at level seven, which is the final boss fight, right? Uh, so you progress gotcha. through every level, uh, just like in real life, you have to climb the corporate ladder from the bottom, no shortcuts, and uh, <laughs> you, you get hopefully you get better at the game as you go along, and we give you upgrades. So at the end of each boss fight, management sends you for a uh, corporate training, and you get a certification <laughs> after that. Uh, you get a little coffee coupon that you can go uh, get upgrades in the coffee shop as well, uh, and he sends you for email training, and you get your email weapon. Right? And you can use that gotcha. for the next floor. And every single weapon has a little bit of a trade-off uh, based on how long uh, it takes to fire that attack, how much, uh, how fast it can go. And there's a trade-off between each weapon. So tell me about this then, because there are those different levels that you mentioned. Uh, I, I believe you, you just mentioned that there were seven. Is that correct? So there's like seven biomes, right. well, so to speak? Well, uh, our seven is the final boss fight. Like It's a really epic so okay okay we so consider that a level because it's so much work to get there right yeah okay okay so um i i really enjoy the fact that you created what's normally in a lot of 2d platformer games or or you know games in general is they have biomes right they have their ice world their fire world their whatever you want to call it um and what you did was you you kind of paired these up with the normal departments of of a company right so you have this accounting firm section that is uh like a frozen wasteland right walk me through kind of the 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 mindset on why you chose to go this more wacky route and more you know like gameplay route because i i obviously see that there's probably value in the diversity of showing a, a different type of level um, but also i just kind of want to get the mindset of like is there reasoning behind it being a frozen wasteland for accounting versus just being like i don't know which one do we want to do how about a frozen world for this one right right right, right. so there's 
a ton of intention that goes into making that decision because um, uh, there's only like four elements, right? Fire, water. Okay, well, I'm not an expert on the elements. Fire, water, ice, wood. Was it like Avatar: The Last Airbender? I forgot which one. Because they added some elements in there that I wasn't familiar with. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we we actually when I, when I started uh, to to be honest, I wasn't very good at articulating what I wanted, which I found uh, you have to keep like practicing how you express your ideas so that I can really understand. What is the core of the idea? And it's okay to get it wrong the first time because experimentation is progress. Each time I explain, I get a bit better at it. And I, I get down to the essence and the soul of what is uh, the idea. And it's very elusive, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes a great idea just comes up in an in a impression in your mind or, or in members or some, someone on your team. And they, they share that idea for the first time. And it's really difficult uh, to understand them because she's explaining it for the first time and I'm hearing it for the first time. I'm trying to understand each other and this creative process is so nuanced that uh, she's saying one thing and she thinks she's very clear and I'm understanding something completely different. So this is our second um, uh, like secret sources. We really uh, give space for collaboration with our team. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't I'm the creative director for this project, but I don't believe that this is just an expression of my ideas. It is an expression of everyone coming together at the highest level and pushing that because together we become more than we are uh, individually. And so I Mm -hmm. I come up with an idea. I talk about how I want uh, something to, to, to be a, a joke that I had in the in the office, and then immediately there's the feedback where they don't understand me, uh, or maybe in, in in programming it's like how do you want me to make that in programming, or how do I make that work in gameplay? Because um, right. I could come up with an idea for an enemy, but when you play with it, it's impossible to defeat. You can't predict his movements or something like that. So it required the input of every single person on the team for animation to sound to uh, to the programming to the art. You know how do we make this visually make sense? And we talk about this uh, for hours and days for every single character. There's not one character that I got it like easy. Even the first one, it was right. just like so much work. And I was just stunned at how much work it takes to just come up with these high-level ideas. To just make things make sense. And uh, I, I, we we get them get it wrong all the time. Then we just redo it. So, um, yeah. like, like especially like the bosses, right? So uh, we try to make the bosses a manifestation of the enemies and the traps that you meet on the floor. And they're mm. a combination of all these ideas. But sometimes when you put them all together, uh, they don't work perfectly. Because there's right. like a little condition here, there's a little condition there. So we work really hard, we tested it out, then we try fixing up the order and suddenly that moment I have an idea. So that's why we really believe in experimentation is progress because we really have to keep trying and trying and trying and trying again. And it's not sexy, but it, it really works. So <laughs> back to your question. Why is accounting ice? Um, accounting is ice because we felt like uh, we wanted to play with the joke uh, frozen assets. This is something that I 
because ah. I have an, uh, a bit of history with accounting. I love the idea of like this company is like not doing well, we need to have some frozen assets. But then when I put it in, I was like, how am I going to explain this visually? How do you show a frozen asset? Right. That's like an accounting concept, right? So we would have to debate, we have to figure it out, then we thought, okay, why don't we draw a safe? Why don't we show money and then we freeze it? But money is a li- okay, it's a bit too much into accounting, but like uh, cash is a liquid asset. So what is a non-liquid asset for all the accountants that are going to play a game with? We try figuring it out. Uh, then what kind of stationery is going to be there? Uh, why are these characters there? How do we explain uh, someone that's like... Uh, like uh, so, so, okay, I can give away one boss. One boss is like a spider, right? So she's calculating. She's trying to balance the account. So she's ah, trying, right, so this right. whole thought built on the idea of uh, scales. You're trying to manage the the frozen assets on the scales as you work through the puzzles of the floor. And we incorporate that, that into the boss fight where we have this really calculative spider boss that's like running around with a calculator and dropping frozen assets trying to balance uh, the, the balance sheet while you're trying to unbalance it so you can hit her. That's one <laughs> example. I really... Yeah. Yeah, I really love the 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 cleverness to this game and how much is actually thought out. And I, I'm sure a lot of people do this as well, but it's so interesting to hear, you know, the the inside route of all of these different decisions and really just how how difficult and how uh, you know, step by step this this process has been because most people would just look at a game and be like, yeah, it's just the ice world, right? But it's so much more than that. I, I think that's the well, probably one of the hardest things for uh, for us to, was to manage um, coming up with a concept that felt natural in a in a world that was completely imagined. Uh, but at the same time, there's right. something so human about that because we dream and and we try to make it reality every day. Uh, and we aspire to that, and and that is the creative process. We we imagine. And then we try and we try again and we try again and, and hopefully we, we make it in time to make it right, which I believe we've done for this project. Interesting. Very, very cool to hear. So now that you've released Company Man, because for those listening, this is already out. You can play it. You should play it. Um, but now that you have released Company Man, we talked a little bit before we started recording. You were saying you were fixing up a few of the, you know, the minor bugs that you get when you first release a game. It's bound to happen. But what's next for the team, right? You know, are you thinking of any console ports, moving on to something completely new? What's everyone excited to, to jump onto next? Well, um, we're definitely working. Uh, well, first of all, we want to get Steam right. So we want to make sure that everyone mm-hmm. who plays on Steam gets the best imaginable, uh, imaginable experience. And uh, we, we really try not to get a bit too ahead of ourselves because uh, the decision to just release on Steam was was very calculated we decided that we wanted to be a studio that cared about uh, uh, our, our customer base and it's so small right there are probably more platforms than we have people on the team right uh, let's play PlayStation for switch as well so i was like okay let's just pick one get it right and then we just do it in stages you know um it may not make the most sense in marketing maybe uh, for some publishers that wants to release all uh, on all platforms at the same time but we felt that uh, if we if we do it this way 
uh, we can we can get it right for the most customers, and that was really important to to us. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can look forward yes. to us pursuing those uh, avenues later on. Uh, but for now, our highest priority gotcha. is that if you download the game on Steam, you have the best experience that we could produce uh, with our team and with our resources. And it's more than we could produce on our own. It's something that we did together. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think it's an interesting approach because it, it is, you know, y- you do have the the pro of if you're releasing it in stages, there's kind of that, you know, from a marketing sense, there's kind of that that hype of getting your your game back in in a talking point at multiple different times because you know people might bring it up and just because it it's now coming to playstation or wherever it's coming you then have people who are like oh that's interesting and hear it for the first time but they might have been a pc player that is like oh it's coming to ps4 or ps5 or whatever it's coming to but it was already on PC. Okay, I'll pick it up on PC because that's where I normally play, right? So every time you do that, you have that interval of someone potentially hearing about it and picking it up from whatever platform that they're they're interested in and that's available. So I, I could see that, you know, like there's there's a pro and con for yeah, each, right? Yeah. Oh, well, that's a great perspective. You made it sound like a pro. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, <laughs> for us, we really did, uh, decided on that because our priority was trying to make the best quality for for our audience and uh, we we thought in fact it was a con but uh, to us the trade-off was the quality of the, the experience so we decided that's not a compromise we wanted to make and we just made this choice yeah but yeah, well yeah. you sold well, it to I, me sounds like a pro so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna believe your story and have faith in that that that's gonna happen see there you go I'll be here I'm here for you I'll, I'll rep your game don't worry um the the last thing I want to close off on, um, but first off, just thank you so much for for coming on and talking about your game. But the last thing I always like to ask is just a little advice. Um, you know, we we have so many people on here who are from so many different walks of life and so many different starts, so many different uh, stages in their career. I think it's super interesting, especially from you and your team, being that this is your first game, you know, uh, commercially that's been put out. This is been uh quite a arduous process for you but but one of a lot of passion um tell me just a little bit of of advice of something that maybe you'd give yourself uh, three years ago when you had first started this to to help you along the way right um first lesson uh that i had to learn really quickly was that uh if you if you have the privilege uh, and the space to imagine and to dream. Uh, dream a big dream that's bigger than yourself. And that sounds like a cliche, but let me tell you something else. <laughs> when the dream is bigger than you, you cannot do it on your own. You know, I could not right. do it on my own because it was bigger than me. It was impossible for me to do it on my own. And I am not self-made. Uh, my resources are limited. This process is difficult and close to impossible uh, for to just break in with nobody else uh, out there that you can pull on as a referral but you have a community uh, you can develop a community of friends and I, I feel young people today uh, and I, I hope I can consider myself uh, young as well um, <laughs> we need to invest in relationships again you know and just do it because yeah. um, uh because you want to, uh, because you want to give and you want to serve. 
and you want to contribute, uh, not just to get something out of the relationship like a transaction. And uh, I, I don't think this might be the best uh, uh, in just a, it doesn't like make very clear sense. But somehow when you take a step and you, you trust first and you develop those relationships, it helps you to find people, you find that there's tons of people out there who are worthy of your trust. You know, if you believe that uh, the world is full of people who cannot be trusted, you will be right. And if you believe the world is full of people who can be trusted, you will also be right. Right. So uh, you have yeah. to take that step and you have to keep trying and trusting people and picking yourself up every time uh, someone uh, wrongs you and then you try again. And uh, I, I don't want to overwork my my core value of experimentation is progress, but I really take the first step in the relationship and trust. And this is because the dream is so big. If I try on my own, I will fail. I would have failed if mm -hmm. I did this on my own. But I have uh, not just work relationships. I have uh, friendships. I have family uh, that I have um, uh, somehow come together and, and try to help me because they, they didn't even understand this opportunity, but they felt it was important to me and, and uh, they believed in me, you know. So if you don't have yeah. that, uh, and I didn't have that at the start. I started with that slow, hard work of investing in relationships uh, time and time again and, and people uh, taking advantage of me and finding out that there are more people who actually uh, appreciate that trust and respond with kindness. And uh, that's how you see kindness uh, truly as a strength, not as a disadvantage. It, it pays off, but in a very uh, surprising and uh, unique way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's probably why, you know, you, you had individuals who did, obviously you had a lot of no's, but those who said yes, yeah. right. Who wanted to join your team because you had that vision, because you had that passion, because you wanted to build that trust and that relationship, because, you know, especially when you're on such a small team, it's, it's vital to have that, right. You have to make sure those connections between the individuals you're working with is, is really, really there because otherwise you know you talked about that that trouble of of communicating your your ideas and your vision at first and and getting better at that because without that trust right it becomes even harder to do yes. something like yes. that well thank you so much uh andrew this has been a blast and i hope that if anyone is interesting uh, if anyone's interesting, if anyone's interested in the company, man, uh, it's currently available on PC. So, you know, if you want to give it a, a, a try, go head over to their steam page, buy the game. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. I am more excited about the game now that I've, I've had this conversation with you. I really want to check it out once again. Thank you so much for joining. All today. right. Thank you, Joshua.